0: Proverbs chapter 26, Proverbs chapter 26, as snow in summer and rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. As snow in summertime and rain when you're supposed to pick the crops, harvest time. doesn't make sense it cannot be that honor can come to a fool it shouldn't something is wrong God has meant that honor would come to people who are wise would come humbly to the Lord and say Lord teach me show me your way your truth Lord I need you Lord Oh, Jesus, you are life. I must eat your flesh and drink your blood. Lord, I must be a partaker of your divine nature. Lord Jesus, I must have you to wash me clean with the precious blood. And then help me to keep my feet cleansed while I walk in this world. Like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow. So a curse without cause shall not alight. In the New King James Version it's written thus. In the New Living Translation it says like a fluttering sparrow or darting swallow an undeserved curse. Will not land on its intended victim. It's a wandering that happens with no purpose. And so the curse that is undeserved will not attach itself to the righteous. Afflictions may come, fiery darts may come, but a curse won't come. Balaam tried to curse the people of God. He couldn't do it, hallelujah. What God has done is, he has sent his own son Jesus Christ to become a curse for us. He took our curses due to our sins. Generational curses, is our family, and we appropriate the power of God, the power of His blood to wash our generation. Oh my God. There's a time when we must come to the Lord with our spouses, with our children, and plead with God. Oh Lord. Lord, not only forgive us for our sins, Lord, we are checking ourselves, Lord, in Your Holy Presence. But we pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth like Daniel like the prophets forgive the sins of our fathers oh Lord there could be something that has come down the line that needs to be addressed and removed. The curse on the whole of sin has been broken by Jesus Christ over our lives. But within that There is spiritual warfare and discernment that God gives that the sins of the forefathers, there may be some resultant difficulty out of that rebellion that has affected us and we have to come and fall on our face. Say, Lord, please forgive our forefathers. Forgive us, our generation, Lord, for anything we've done. Some things we won't know. We can never go wrong if we come humbly before the Lord and say, Lord, please forgive our sins and the sins of our fathers, our forefathers. Forgive us, Lord. In the Bible, we see that God holds things against generations for the sins of the fathers. Not that He wants to mete out unjustly punishment for the righteous people who repented but he wants to resolve something and he leads the righteous to come on behalf of even the deceased and say Lord please forgive us and as we grow closer to the Lord and as we investigate these things God can reveal to us certain things that we did not know when it's known we can confess it and even if it's not known we can come to God and say Lord you know all we're asking is, Lord, please, Lord, for Jesus' sake, forgive our forefathers' sins, Lord, that it may not come and affect us, not children, but a curse causeless should not come to rest upon the righteous. God is in the process of removing everything that does not belong. Isn't that right? When Jesus comes and dies on the cross for us, he has died on the cross for us, we appropriate that by faith. We come to the cross. The foot of the cross In 2020, 2021, almost 2,000 years after he died on the cross, we were able to come one by one across the span of two millennia to receive forgiveness from that one divine act of ultimate sacrifice where the Lord Jesus not only gave His physical life as a ransom, but He rose for our justification, meeting the requirements of justice of Almighty God against sin. When we get born again, does it follow that automatically our whole house is cleansed? Or is it not true that as we learn the ways of the Lord Jesus Christ and yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit, understand that we're temples of the Holy God and our houses are supposed to be a sanctuary also, we begin to do what? As born-again people sincere, God begins to uncover things in our homes and things in our activities, our schedule, our attitudes, and there's a complete reworking by the Holy Spirit of things that need to go to the trash. There's a cleansing. There's a sanctification. And so, there's a cleansing in the generational line that God effects, E-F-F-E-C-T-S, as He reveals to us what we need to do to come and say, Lord, to us belong confusion of face." as Daniel the prophet prayed, an innocent man, a holy man, greatly beloved of God. The angel was sent from the presence of God to go to this one individual, to tell him the divine message right from the throne of God. Oh, greatly beloved man of God, you're loved so much. It wasn't someone telling themselves, I'm so loved, and putting on badges, and telling each other. It was God that came. And told Daniel through the angel, "I love you very, very much." What a consolation that Daniel had to get on his knees and say, "Oh Lord, to us belong confu- are all people, Lord, confused. In my generations, Lord, we have sinned against you, Lord. Forgive us." God is in the process of removing any curses from his people. There's a part we have to play under the umbrella of the removal of the curse of sin. Sanctification is still necessary. Purging of the home, of the family, of our activities, our thoughts, our habits, our patterns in life. Objects and things we have purchased in our homes. It's the Spirit of God that comes to show us how to appropriate by faith and through prayer the benefits of the cross the presence of God what a beautiful life even when we discover I never knew my grandparents did this or my great grandparents I never knew they were doing these things in some cases cultural demonic spirit where they used to throw the infant girls into the river in India newborns how can they do such a thing infanticide murder of babies the same way they're doing it here and all over the world through abortion Could it be that we need to repent for the sins of our fathers? As we draw near to the Lord, He may reveal some gruesome things that are in our line. It's our great privilege to say, Lord, your mercy endures forever. So I know, I know when I come to you sincerely and humbly, you will forgive me and you won't let anything trickle down physically to my line. Isn't it true that Even though Adam was covered by those skins, by God himself, and God himself allowed him to live physically, though death began to work, the entire human race suffered and there's a repentance that's necessary for us, for what we've inherited from Adam still, as well as repentance for our own sins. But we can be sure, in Christ, we have absolute freedom. And just as a man who is born again, or a woman, boy or girl, genuinely born again, may struggle with lust, the more that man or woman, boy or girl, comes into the true teaching of Jesus Christ that liberates the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. There's a horror at sin, at the exceeding sinfulness of sin. There's a focus, a laser beam focus, if you will, from the Spirit of God that this thing is so disgusting and revolting. How could I ever have thought that I was in a mold of the world? I was led by the prince of the power of the air. In darkness... And they thought that this is how you live is part and parcel of the human life and experience. As long as you can hold a good job, pay your bills, treat your family right, quote unquote. It's okay if you deviate and sin or abuse yourself and abuse others or let your mind wander into corruption. Become even a born again person. God begins to work and says um, you cannot get to heaven if you smoke. You say how? Lord how is that possible? But you've forgiven me all my sins. But if you're defiling the temple of God the Bible says God will destroy you. How can I get to heaven if God is against me to destroy me? Why? Because I understand although I have been in churches perhaps someone would say 30, 40 years. No one told me that smoking is something that can keep me out of eternal life. I thought that was legalism. I thought that was something strange. Uh, Hell and fire and brimstone religion. No, no, I have grace. But it is the very grace of God that teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Unless we receive the grace of God in vain, we have to repent clean house, because how can Jesus be in a temple that's full of smoke that is not from heaven but from hell and so the realization comes I am born again, I know what God did for me, oh he saved my life, he saved my soul, that glorious day when I came to the foot of the cross and said Jesus I'm yours, oh there was a genuine transaction from heaven, yes the same individual is convicted by the Holy Spirit with the teaching of the truth as it is in Christ that there needs to be a definite change in this area of my life as well as all areas what does not belong in the temple of God cannot attach itself to me because I am the temple of God with all the people of God he dwells in me but the person who is carnal the person who would flock in circles where it's easy to be a Christian There's no work involved. No labor. There's no need to be a vigilant soldier. Uh, Chocolate Christianity, as some termed it. Chocolate soldiers. Paper tigers. A laughing stock. We're in that dangerous era, more so than ever today. But we have been... Blessed because God has opened our eyes to see. We need to be sober and vigilant for our adversary. The devil is prowling around. He's roaring like a lion, like a roaring lion, to see whom he can devour. And if he can get a Christian to defile his or her body, he's got that person in a firm chokehold. Ah, but the word of God comes and says, You must not be in bondage. I came to set you free. If you smoke, you're a slave to smoking. That means you're not free. And only the free come into heaven, delivered. liberated. Jesus said, whoever commits sin is actually a slave of sin. How then can a person who is a slave of sin think that they will be free to go to heaven? Apart from Repentance to appropriate by faith, by diligent obedience and vigilance, cast off those chains by the power of God. Say, I'm a free man. I'm the slave of Jesus for life. I'm a bond slave. I'm his servant. I'm his child. Oh, the king of the universe. It's not a servile mentality, cringing in fear all the time. No, I'm his child also, but also I remember he's almighty God. What he says I will do with a genuine fear of God and love of God, that's the authentic Christian life. A person who's watching pornography even for a second, even for a second, without Hating that and saying I'm going to be vigilant that not even one second is given to that. person who does that even for one second is proclaiming clearly that he or she is a slave to the demonic spirits behind that. devaluation or devaluation of the very image of God in a human being. There are these moments of light that even heathen people have by the grace of God sitting there maybe in a prison cell maybe sitting in their cars you know what I'm doing is disgusting I wouldn't want anybody to do this to my daughter or my wife or my aunt or my grandmother why then am I thinking these things about the opposite sex why am I not vigilant and disgusted by it There's a moment of light that may be graciously given and at that very moment a person may decide I can't have this. I don't want this. Even a heathen person can decide I don't want any part of this. By the grace of God still they can make a decision such as I've heard people who didn't know God make a decision. Drinking and drinking. Even young men I've heard in their 20s sitting in their car And thinking about a three or four year old child and thinking, I don't want my son to grow up watching his dad drink and imitate me like I did. Right then and there, renounce that drinking. How awesome the grace of God is. And then the person has a choice when God enlightens them further with the gospel. I'm going to follow the Savior who gave me grace. I didn't know him, but he was helping me. It was His grace after all that helped me to exercise the will to do the right thing. But now I see even if I can pick out the symptomatic results of sin such as drinking, smoking, lying, lusting and moral things and doing all kinds of thievery I can go on for a, a lifetime trying to pick out the symptoms of the disease. I want the disease to go. I've got to get to the great physician. Hallelujah. Oh, There are people in other religions, they don't know how to get free. No one can be free, apart from those in the Christian religion, the true religion. Which means, a person who's come to the foot of the cross and said, Lord, I surrender all to the one who died on the cross for me. Nobody did that for me, not Muhammad, not Buddha, not Confucius. No one. No one could, even if they wanted to, the Bible says. Even if a man wanted to die, a righteous man, for another he can't do it he may try but he can't save his brother only the blood of the lamb God has called us to be a holy people no curse will attach itself to us hallelujah a whip for the horse a bridle for the donkey and a rod for the backs of fools a whip for the horse why? why? The tremendously fearsome and muscular creature is capable of hurting very badly and even causing death for human beings. The powerful kick. Horses were used to rush into battle. Fierce. Such speed and fearlessness. But a whip is required to keep that great creature in check. Infliction of pain, a bridle also for the donkey to keep it from wandering off in the wrong direction. And how does God say a fool must be controlled with pain, a rod? It's the mercy of God when a person is rebelling against God God allows pain to come and with David they can say I went astray <clears throat> Lord I went astray before I was afflicted but now I'm back by your grace thank you Lord don't answer a fool according to his folly otherwise you'll be just like him you're speaking his language he vents something he says something to provoke and you answer him in like. don't do that be different Otherwise you'll show that you are just like him. Then again it says answer fool according to his folly lest he be wise in his own eyes and is conceited thinking that nobody's answering me. I guess I'm wise. There's a point in which we have to speak up. Verses 4 and 5 Require the leading of the Holy Spirit truly. To know when to speak, to whom to speak, and what to speak. When you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, He knew exactly who to speak to, when to speak, and how to speak. You don't find Him speaking the same way to everyone. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ was a man filled with the Holy Spirit. When he was baptized, the Spirit of God descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. After the temptation, he went forth in the power of the Spirit and his fame spread abroad. We need the Holy Spirit. Just as God in flesh, Jesus Christ, needed to go through the process is our ultimate example. You say, Lord, I can pick out verses, I can do this or that, but it's only when I come and fall before you, Lord, on my face every day and say, Father, teach me, Father, show me. Oh, Lord, no matter how much I learn, no matter how many advances I make in spiritual progress, in the Christian life, and how many wonderful moments of discovering your deeper truths. After all, I'm a little child. I need my Father to continually nurture me, teach me, show me how to walk. That person will be given the power of the Holy Spirit when we seek the Holy Spirit to guide our Actions, our thoughts, our words—we need Him. Because at any given moment, any one of us can go astray off the path and say something, or think something, or do something that is not keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. But if I continually cry to the Lord, as I continually respond to the light He's shown me. What he's already told me to do, I'm doing. And with that, only with that, I cry with humility. Father, show me. Help me. Be with me, Lord, in everything I do, think and say. That person will be led by the Holy Spirit, proving that they are truly the son or daughter of God. As many as are led by the Holy Spirit, they are the children of God. The Bible says in Romans Praise be to God. May God help us to know that no curse can ever come to rest upon us if we appropriate by faith and humility and cry out to God to forgive us, not only us, our immediate family, but our generation for things that we perhaps don't even know. And things we know, we definitely need to bring that up and say, Lord, forgive us our fathers for what they did to each other, to relatives, to strangers, for the oppression they exercised over others, for all the sins, O Lord, please forgive our generation. I'm from that stock, even though I've been grafted into the vine and I'm part of the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ. I need to take care of business with my generations at the foot of the cross. And Lord, help me not to be like the horse or the donkey, the mule that continually needs to be given pain in order to keep it. In line. I don't want to be that way, Lord. I want to be what you desire the words that you speak. Let that be the discipline to keep me in the righteous path so that I don't need unnecessary chastening. God is the best parent. He does not willingly afflict, the Bible says. He's not someone that says everybody needs a spanking. We all must go through the valleys and the trials. Ye must enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation, the Bible says. We must go through pain, but that pain should not be because of disobedience. As we continue to listen carefully to the word of God, And we continue to teach our families the word of God. The fear of God. Genuine love of God which is to keep His commandments. It's a remarkable joy clearance in our consciences. Affinity, affection and assurance of heaven that comes from heaven. That we can know God loves me so much. He's leading me step by step. I and my family are headed for the celestial city. We're on our way to heaven. There's no room for ugly carnality and vying and competition and gossip and smart words when we speak to relatives and others. Words that are calculated to show other people, even relatives and friends and neighbors and co-workers that I'm smart but rather a humility a gentleness a forbearance and forgiveness that the nature of Jesus may be seen through us we're meant to be free we need the Holy Spirit we need the honor that comes from God which is not fitting for fools and we need to know how to speak to whom and when. May we resolve today that we'll be led by the Holy Ghost. Shall we pray? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. Father, I pray. Help us to receive what you've spoken, that we may do what you've called us to do, Lord. Because you came to liberate us, give us total freedom, Lord that no curse will attach itself to us in our generation. Lord, when we do the right thing before you, blessings will come from heaven. And yet there's a resolution that's necessary for things that are beyond our control. God is able to redeem even the past and help us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, I pray divine healing and virtue to flow upon Esther, oh my Savior, the child that loves you and adores you, Lord. Bring her out, oh my Father. Oh, she's in the room, Lord. She's not able to come out. She's not able to get up in the bed even, Father, many times. You are God, Lord, and you will strengthen her legs. You will strengthen her, Lord, oh my Father. And I curse the root cause of that disease in Jesus' mighty name, oh my Father bless your beloved Lord and show your mighty deliverance oh God very soon my father work in her Lord give her freedom Lord give her freedom from pain Lord help her Lord to worship you again in public as she does in private that people may know the excellent glory of God honor you all over the world thank you Lord you are God who cares God of compassion and mercy God who heals God of deliverance God who answers the cries of his people. Hallelujah. Glory be to you your Holy Name, Lord. Thank you for having mercy on Samuel, Lord. Severe affliction, Lord. Torment, thank you, Lord, for delivering him. Help helping Father, also. To be a mouthpiece for the living God, raised soon. Thank you, Jesus, for doing this for others, Lord, in our family of God. For Jesse, Lord, you're able to do a miracle, my God. Thank you, Lord, for doing a miracle for Joshua. Thank you, Lord, for working in and through us, O oh Lord, for all of us. you a miracle-working, God. We thank you and praise you for this day that you've made. Oh Father, I pray, whatever, Lord, whatever feelings have come as people have risen from their bed this morning, whatever that is in front of them that they need to do today and thoughts, about the job or school or interactions and transactions, things that need to be resolved, and going into the marketplace and picking up the phone and talking to people, Oh Lord, and those who are afflicted, Lord. I pray, Lord, that every one of the needs will be met by the glorious God in heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Go before us, Lord. May your presence go with everyone today. And help us to resolve to be led by the Holy Spirit. we need you, we need you, we need you, Lord, help us, Lord God, help us, Lord. God to remember what you've spoken to each of us as a church and also individually, that we may all flourish, we may all go forward together, prepared to meet our heavenly bridegroom, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be the city of God, shining with the beauty and glory of God, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Hallelujah, as a chaste virgin. Presented to Christ, as the apostle said, sanctified. Hallelujah. Glory be to you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.